Hello, 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 and welcome to the 10th episode of Mixed Media Reviews Season 3. My name is Kelsey, and today I'm going to be talking about a book. This week's book is Vampire Academy. Today's episode is the conclusion to the Vampire Academy episodes, so I'm going to do a little bit differently than uh, like the normal format. I do want to talk a little bit about what I liked and what I didn't like in the original source material, but I also wanted to talk about how the other adaptations differed and what I kind of actually liked best about them. This episode is going to contain spoilers for the first book and perhaps a little of the second book as I think the show is a mix of, well, it's actually a show, it's kind of a mix of all the books, um, (laughs) uh, but it mostly, I think, kind of the first two. And then there will be, of course, the spoilers for the movie and the show. By now, you may get that the Vampire Academy follows Rose Hathaway, a Dampier, and her best friend, Lissa Dragomir. Uh, I think I said it wrong last time, but um, Maroi. I think I I I called them Mori in my last episode. It had been a while since I'd heard the word, so it's fine. Yeah, Mori. The book is a bit closer to the movie in terms of the events that happen, so the book's summary is the following. Love and loyalty run deeper than blood. St. Vladimir's Academy isn't just any boarding school. It's a hidden place where vampires are educated in the ways of magic and half-human teens train to protect them. Rose Hathaway is a dampier, a bodyguard for her best friend Lissa, a Maroi vampire princess. They've been on the run, but now they're being dragged back to St. Vladimir's, the very place where they're most in danger. Rose and Lissa become enmeshed in forbidden romance, the Academy's ruthless social scene, and unspeakable nighttime rituals. But they must be careful lest the Strigoi, the world's fiercest and most dangerous vampires, make Lissa one of them forever. The book opens much like the movie does, uh, with Rose and Lissa on the run for the past two years. Dimitri then finds them and brings them in. I read an article that the show writers decided not to tell the history in flashbacks, like we get in the uh, book in the movie, but instead do it in real time while still adding the other elements of what happened in the first book. Dimitri being introduced, Lissa discovering she's a spirit user, Dashkov kidnapping Lissa, and some of the other character arcs as well. So what did I actually like about the book? Well, I did like the book more than the movie, uh, but I think the show wins in my opinion which I'm sure is probably pretty controversial if you are somebody who grew up really loving the books and then you got this show, I could 100% see that it does not fit your what you thought was going to be, you know? I like the things that they changed though and the general tone of the show. It felt a little less like a high school than the books did, which I guess may not be usually a compliment for something that's supposed to be, you know, set in high school but it felt a bit more developed uh, and the writing felt a bit more mature. Of course, this book is what started the whole world. I did like how the world was built with the concept of the Maroi, the Dampier, the Strogoi, and the humans. I liked the Russian influences and that it was set in the middle of nowhere, Montana, uh, which is, I think, different from the show. I don't know why, but it's both funny (laughs) and completely logical to be in a sparsely populated state uh, like Montana. I really liked that we had this kind of non-typical friendship between Rose and Lissa, with Rose training to be her guardian. In the books, we start to see how that friendship is a bit toxic. Uh, It's kind of a bit one-sided, not because, you know, necessarily Lissa is a bad friend, but more so that the society has instilled such values into Rose, so 
so completely fully that it's hard for her to ever put herself first, even if it's just her being able to rant to her friend about an issue she's having. And while that exact situation may not happen to many of us in the human world, it is still uh, incredibly relatable. When you see a friend struggling, like Lissa was, the last thing you want to do is burden them with your problems, even if you know they'd want you to, or that they'd be able to comfort you. I really liked that we got this complex relationship from them, and it I was genuinely excited when I first read the first book um, to kind of see how it would grow and how they would explore it. And after listening to all of the audiobooks, it was definitely a theme that kept popping up, uh, and I think they handled it really well. At least I think I remember them handling it really well uh, in the end of actually, you know, touching on the fact that it was one-sided and then that Rose didn't feel like she had that same safe space in Lissa that uh, Lissa had in her. And that might be kind of it. <laughs> um, there were things in the show that I liked a lot more than the books or the movie, uh, and they were mostly things that were done slightly different. I liked in the books that we get flashbacks to help us learn the problems in the first book, but I think it makes a lot more sense for the TV show uh, to show us those events rather than provide a lot of flashbacks. It makes it a bit more smoothly, and you're not constantly flipping back from uh, the past to the present. So I think the the version of events in the books and the TV show make a lot of sense for their media type. Uh, However, there are some other things that the show purposely made different that I do like more than the books and the movie. The first thing is, of course, the age gap. Why would I talk about anything else? Uh, And the relationship between Rose and Dimitri. The books have them seven years apart, which is certainly creepy when Rose is 17. And it's made extra creepy because Dimitri isn't just Lissa's guardian and Rose's mentor, but he's also an actual instructor. So in the books, Dimitri is a teacher at the school um, instead of like in the show where he just kind of shows up and Rose comes to him to, you know, mentor her. And it's it's very uncomfortable in the books for me. And I kept just pretending like it was the show so that I could actually root for them um, because otherwise I did not. The, the movie, I think, did away with the teacher part, but kept the rest of it. Uh, the show, however, of course, like I said, not only made him not a teacher, but lessened the gap between them. The show doesn't quite tell us Rose's or Dimitri's ages, but we see Rose drinking at a bar. Uh, the show was filmed like in Spain, so we can assume that Rose is at least 18, because uh, it, it definitely had much more European vibes to the city that they lived in than, you know, a place in Montana. I think that helps a lot more. At least they they aged her up and maybe Dimitri was a little bit younger as well. We can assume perhaps early 20s. And the actors being the same age in real life also helps them seem a bit more age appropriate. It's hard to root for them in the book, uh, but the show I had absolutely no qualms about it and rooted real hard for them. (laughs) I also liked Rose in the TV show. Uh, She could be a bit more immature or a bit like a typical 18-year-old, of course, but I still found her fairly competent. The Rose in the first book and the movie was a bit more... (laughs) I don't want to be rude, but she was a bit more annoying. Uh, Of course, she was even younger, but she was also kind of the worst at times. I understand that the society in the books, as well as, of course, the the adaptations, had some issues about what it meant for a Dampier to let a Maroi drink blood or really anyone, uh, to drink the blood, but humans were looked down on, uh, even though it was necessary for Roy to live, and if you're a Dampier, you're a, 
a blood whore. Uh, and if you choose to have kids as a dampier and then raise those kids, you're treated like trash, right? It's all just really ridiculous. But there's this point in the books where people find out uh, from Mia that Lissa drank from Rose when they were out on the run. And it's like this whole thing, um, of course, because, you know, that's what we're, we're told the society is like. And she's trying to be all like, oh, but it shouldn't be that way. And we did what we had to survive. But then later, Rose finds out that Mia did the same thing with some guys. And then she spreads the rumor and is calling her names. And I just really hated it and thought it was just so messed up. And there were a few things like that that Rose did uh, in the books that did not go into the TV show that I just made me kind of hard to like her at times um, because she was just kind of a jerk. <laughs> also, a side note about the whole, you know, addiction thing. It's weird. Like, how do little kids drink? I think I talked about this before, but I'm still very confused about how they get blood. <laughs> if the humans have this high, I guess, you know, from from the Maroi drinking their blood, then are they letting like a four-year-old Maroi drink from a person? Or do they have them drinking from a cup? At what age do they switch? Like in the, in the movie, in the books and stuff like that, like they were drinking blood from humans and they were in high school. But if it's like triggering this weird euphoric state in humans like isn't that a little creepy <laughs> I don't I don't I want more information but I don't know how to get it maybe I just need to like make a tumblr question or something I don't even know uh, some other things that were different in the books and the show were mostly just some characters in the books and the movie Dashkov has a daughter Natalie that Lissa and Rose become friends with there's a mortal enemy, Mia, who's the freaking worst uh, and was responsible for some of the nasty rumors that were spread. There's also a previous teacher, uh, Sonia Karp, who also had spirit and used her compulsion ability abilities to urge Rose to take Lissa and run away in the first place. In the show, however, Dashkov has two adoptive children, Mia and Sonia. Natalie does not exist, uh, and the mean girl obsessed with the royals Mia is now one of his daughters. She isn't as terrible in the show though, so that's kind of nice. Uh, Sonia still has spirit, but now becomes the daughter who turns Dragoy, uh, like Natalie did, instead of the former teacher. So there's a, they kind of shuffled the characters a bit, probably to just make it so that the cast wasn't as large, to kind of uh, pare down some of those extra characters. No one compels Rose and Lissa to leave, but instead are forced to leave by the new queen who's evil, Tatiana. Uh, that happens at the end of the book, or sorry, that happens at the end of the show um, instead of in the beginning of, of the books where it turns out that they were, you know, they had been compelled to leave. Uh, and then in the books, the queen was Tatiana from the start, and she's not a very nice lady. Uh, versus the show, which kind of had a different queen that Tatiana then took over from. Uh, speaking of compulsion, the book has all vampires able to use compulsion. Um, it's just that Lyssa and other spirit users are kind of better at using it, and it's also kind of frowned upon to be used in general. I liked in the show that it was specifically a spirit ability and not something that others just could do. Uh, it made it a little bit more special instead of just saying everyone can do it, but Lissa can do it better. That was uh, 
I think that was a good good move on their part. The last thing was just kind of a writing issue I had, and I think mainly the first book, uh, but she kept referring to the quad as a quadrangle. Like, I get that quad is short for quadrangle, but literally no one calls it that. So it just... Uh, it just kind of annoyed me because it was every single time. Like you can, you can definitely make it a quad, and people know what you're talking about. And it's, I don't know, it's it's very small, but it it still kind of annoyed me. I think if you like uh, cheesy vampire books, or if you're looking to reminisce about the Twilight Vampire era, then this is a great series for you. The writing isn't terrible. Uh, I think it is a good story. And the world is pretty interesting and unique. Like I said, um, I did listen to all of the books on uh, on audiobook, and I did kind of enjoy it. There was a point that I probably was pushing myself a bit to finish. Um, I'm not. I it wasn't quite the hate reading like the Crave series kind of turned into, um, but I think it was close. But of course, they canceled the show. Um, so I guess we'll never know <laughs> where, where it goes next. Uh, certainly a bummer, but I just, I, I wish that we, we could have, we could have gotten more from it. They're also, uh, this was on Peacock and they're also canceling One of Us is Lying, which was, I thought actually pretty decent. Um, and I think they like put out a statement to say that they said it was too soon to put these shows up on the platform and that they didn't have the skill set to support bringing in a young adult audience, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard and doesn't even make any sense. And then since then they've put up other like young adult shows. So I'm confused about everything. Um, I, I don't, I don't even know. But there you have it. Those are my thoughts on the Vampire Academy books and how they kind of relate to their other adaptations. Thank you so much for joining me. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mixed Media Reviews Podcast. Please leave me a comment to let me know if you agreed or if you have any suggestions or if you disagreed or if you have more to say. Uh, You can find me anywhere you find your podcasts, probably. Please join me next week where I will be reviewing the TV show Twisted Metal that is also on Peacock. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Bye.